Hello and welcome to Monday, my friends, and today's episode of Enough for Today. Thanks for joining me. And we are in Psalm 36. Welcome to a new week. Now, as you um, watch this today, Dana and I are starting a break, a vacation break. And it's been months coming and we've been eager and looking forward to it. So I am pre-recording these and looking forward to disconnecting and trying to catch our breath. I've got a bunch of books I want to read and a lot of walks I want to take. And I'm just looking forward to restoring a little bit. So I appreciate your prayer for us. We get to do this periodically throughout the year. It's really important. And I'm thankful that our church family um, strengthens us and encourages us to do this. Um, we love each other very much. We want to keep our marriage strong and our friendship strong and our hearts and souls healthy so we can serve our church family, serve you effectively. So that's what's going on. That's why you're seeing me in this same color sweater every day. Um, so I'm working way ahead and trying to get ready to take a break. But I want you to be able to have time in God's Word and Psalms with enough for today while we're on our break. So let's get into it. Psalm 36, I encourage you to catch the Monday Night Rewind tonight at 7 o'clock and continue journeying with us at Emmanuel through the Word of God. And thanks for joining me today. So we're in Psalm 36, and um, we already set it up. We already started working through the first uh, four verses. But I want to read something to you from Warren Wearsby. And Wearsby is just a great go-to uh, resource. He's, um, he's a con well, he, he served the Lord for many years at Moody Church in Chicago. And he, did, he wrote a very accessible commentary on every book of the Bible. It's called the B series. And you can get the entire series on like Kindle or on like a Bible study software. I use it uh, in Accordance and I use it in Logos. And he just gives a very good overview of all of the Word of God. And there's hardly anything I teach without reading Wearsby. Um, also, Kent Hughes is a favorite commentator of mine. Um, these men seem to strike at the depths, but also in accessible terms. A lot of times you get into a commentary that's real academic. Wearsby talks about this psalm in this way, that in part one, David ponders the reality of evil in God's world. In part two, he praises God's character. And then in part three, verse 10, 11, and 12, he prays that God would protect him from evil and eventually judge the wicked. I just like how he alliterates that. He pondered the reality of evil. He, he praised God for his pure character. And then he prays for protection. So verses 1 through 4 are the revelation of the corruption of the human heart. We read it last week and we're going to move on. But let's read it to get a context. The transgression of the wicked saith within my heart, that there is no fear of God before his eyes. That kind of fear, by the way, is a reverential awe. It's not a terror. It's not to be terrified of God. It's actually to be drawn to him with reverence and delight because of who he is. <clears throat> but sin blinds us to that. And sin makes God someone we run to and run, I'm sorry, run from and hide from. And, um, and we lose that fear. We lose that experiential awe and reverence that causes us great wonder and delight in God's glory. Verse 2, 
for he flattereth himself in his own eyes. So God grows smaller and self grows bigger until his iniquity be found to be hateful. It's going to drive me to scorn and despise others. Always a product of pride and sin in the heart. Verse 3, the words of his mouth are iniquity. It's going to impact my communications. I'm going to speak um, in corrupt ways. I'm going to I'm going to use foul language and inappropriate conversation. The words of his mouth are iniquity and deceit. I'm going to lie. He hath left off to be wise and to do good. I'm going to depart my life trajectory. Now think about this. It all begins in the heart, okay? And in the heart, when sin grows, when I give sin its way, I lose the fear of God. God grows smaller and more distant and less beautiful, less glorious, less wonderful in my eyes. Self grows bigger. Narcissism grows. Pride grows. My relationships are affected because I start to scorn and look down on people, cynical of them, despising of them. I I see myself as better than everybody, okay? And then it affects my communications, my mouth. It comes out of my words and my deception. And then it affects my life direction. He hath left off to be wise and to do good. I depart from wisdom and I depart from service and ministry and uh, being a good steward of life and opportunities. Verse 4, he deviseth mischief upon his bed, so it affects my sleep patterns, and it's going to affect my imagination, and it's going to invade my heart even when I should be sleeping and restoring. He setteth himself in a way that is not good. It's going to lead me on a path that doesn't lead to anything good, He abhorreth not evil. It desensitizes me. So David says, this is the world in which we live. And if we're not careful, it can become us. It can become invading us. And my friend, it's so careful that you, it's so important that you be careful to stay close to God because um, this is the danger of sin. But look at what David now uh, begins to do. And we said Friday that he has got this horizontal view of the corruption of the world of the world around him, and that can be discouraging when we look at the problems. It can serve as a warning for our own heart to to deal with our own sin and to walk with God and stay close to him. But now David looks up, and he begins to unfold the character and the glory and the wonder of life with God. So life with sin is completely destructive and completely self-destructive, and it's going to impact every part of my life to the negative. This is why we run from sin. And we run to God. And every day we wake up and we run to God. I mean, you start your day by running to God and say, God, walk with me today. Protect me today. Lead me today. So David says, thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. And thy faithfulness reaches unto the clouds. So it's almost like David physically looks up and thinks God is so much bigger than this corrupt creation, this fallen creation. He's so much bigger, and he's written his character all around me. And in the heavens itself, maybe David was reclined on some hillside uh, with sheep. Maybe he was 
Uh, I don't even know. You know, I'm not, not going to conjecture too much, but maybe he was looking at the vastness of the heavens and the pow- the creative power of God and the mercy of God unfolding in his life. Now, this word mercy is a wonderful, wonderful word. It's the Hebrew word hesed. H-E-S-E-D is the English transliteration of it. It's a big word. It's a rich word. It's often translated, uh, at least in the KJV, mercy, or it can also be translated loving kindness. In fact, if, you've, if you're looking at a Bible, look at verse 7. How excellent is thy loving kindness. Same exact word, okay? The translators, um, in, in this case, most likely wanted to vary the, uh, the, the language. But David used the same word, hesed, hesed. And it is rich with all the goodness of God. It's, it's, it's the desire of God not only to forgive and to pardon, but to bless and grace me and you with his abundance. Okay, um, Think about times that the Bible mentions mercy. Great is thy faithfulness. Um, thy mercies are new every morning. Um, there's a psalm that says over and over, his mercies endureth, his mercy endureth forever. His mercy endureth forever. So this is a very big, a very abundant word. The mercy, thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens and thy faithfulness reaches unto the clouds. So David is not just saying it's written in the heavens. He's, he's using the heavens as a, as a measuring stick. Okay. He's saying, God, your mercy, your goodness, your lavish love, your grace is bigger than sky to sky. It's it's so vast. It's so infinite. It's so immeasurable. Now, this is where I'm going to leave you today and what a wonderful place to be left. But in contrast to verses 1 through 4, the wreckage and the self-destruction of sin, we turn and see the abundant, lavish love of God in the open arms of the universe saying, run into abundant grace and abundant love and abundant compassion. And that happens to us when we are saved, but then it happens to us every new day of our life for the rest of our lives. We are called to live in the abundant mercy of the grace and love of God. So my friend, Meditate and contemplate this today. Meditate on this and contemplate. Let your heart marinate in the reality of the fact that your God is abundantly merciful to you. And this is going to do two things. It's going to cheer you up, pick you up, and strengthen you. That's three things. I mean all that in one. But it's also going to make you merciful. It's going to give you a heart of mercy toward others as opposed to a heart of hatefulness Uh, that we read about in verse 3. So, go in God's mercy today and this week and let that mercy make you merciful. Happy Monday. We'll see you tomorrow.